Hold tight, I'm gonna open a beer. Oh, uh, you should have let me record that. I am recording. But I mean, like, in the context of the show. You could put it in the show. Well, I could work it in now, but I don't... Yeah, anyway. Am I creating more work for you? No, because I probably just won't do it. <laughs> Welcome to the Christmas Extravaganza Toronto Beer Podcast, Season 2, Episode 5. This is a big night, because Mandy does not know what we're going to talk about, do you, Mandy? I don't. I'm a little terrified. Well, you don't need to be terrified. I'm not going to, like, come down hard on you or anything. It's just, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun night. Christmas night. It's like, uh, it's like games at the party or something like that, right? Games at the party? Yeah, like you ever go to a Christmas party and play games? Uh, yeah, sure. Thanks. See, that was, I don't know if you improved a lot, uh, you know, in high school like I did, but uh, good. Thank you for just saying yes. That's what you're supposed to do. Uh, okay. Uh, you just opened a beer just before we uh, went live. What you just open there? Indeed Sounded like I... a bottle cap, right? Indeed I did. No, that was a can. I oh, was it? I wasn't I... actually paying any attention. <laughs> I opened a, a can of Clifford Brewing Porter. Mmm. That's a tasty porter. I mm -hmm. love that porter. That's Gold, good. Gold 2015 Ontario Brewing Awards. That's right. I remember seeing that. I myself am drinking, uh, because I figured you spent so much time drinking left field beers on the podcast, I thought I'd get in the spirit of things and have myself a 643. It's delicious. That's great to hear. Super fresh. Super fresh. I picked it up. Friday, maybe? Might have been Friday. Not sure. Anyway, pop by the brewery. You were gone, but... Oh, yeah, it was Friday, because I was going to get uh, coasters. Thanks for the coasters, by the way. Worked out well. Ah, no problem. Yep, got some more today, so we're set up. That's great. So, little licensee uh, brewery business on the side here, kids. If you've never heard this before, that's what's happening. Anywho, moving along, moving along. We got to catch up on some news. Some stuff's happened um, a lot's happened, actually, in, in many ways since the last podcast. Probably the most notable, as far as I'm concerned, is as of this morning, I have a beard again. <laughs> That's the most <laughs> notable. That's not where I saw you going with that. See what I mean? Tonight's going to be filled with curveballs. Oh, yes. Coming out of left field. Ha! See what I did there? You don't throw a curveball out of left field, kids. It really fucks with the catcher. Depends anyway. on depends on who you are. <laughs> I did. I, I woke up this morning and I had a meeting. I had to go talk uh, with the people at the Burlington Beer Festival, and I realized I really needed to shave, but I didn't have time to shave. So I just shaved, like, my neck so that I now have a beard. That's what happened. I don't know if you've... You've never Look experienced that, that Mandy, but just... listeners, I don't know if you've ever experienced that. I had hidden your video feed for a little bit there, Chris, but now I went back to it just to see the beard. Oh, it's still on, eh? Hi. It's a beard. Hey, I see you. Right you here. don't see me. No. <sighs> and and I don't see anything because my video feed's covered up by other stuff right now. But anyway, oh, it's weird. Now I feel weird that you can see me. How do I turn this one off? <laughs> make, make it go away. <laughs> All right. I can't. But anyway, note to self, don't do anything embarrassing. I'm it's on like camera. I'm a creeper looking in your window here. It's a little weird. It's a little weird, but anyway, don't worry about it. We're going to work with that. Uh, yeah, I went out, uh, I talked with uh, uh, the good folks at the Burlington Beer Festival. We're going to do some fun stuff. Sounds like I might do a bit of a uh, 
uh, specialized little guided tasting tour at the festival, the two days of it, which is pretty exciting. So that's the uh, same weekend as uh, Roundhouse Craft Beer Fest. We talked about this, but end of January. So I'll have more info coming out about that. Probably talk about it in future podcasts, but that was exciting. So those are, it's funny, my news notes all start with the letter B. So it's Beard. Burlington Beer Fest, which is actually a double B. That's that's a bonus point. And then, of course, where we were actually going with the news. Uh, as Ben Johnson duly uh, and dutifully broke everyone's favorite brewer, Luke Bim Lafontaine, opening a brewery, Queen and Coxwell. This is exciting stuff. Mandy, you uh, you have a comment on this? Yeah, it's great, isn't it? We uh, we're really excited about it. We've been chatting with Bim for a while about his brewery, and um, he's come through many visits of ours and talked a lot about his space with him. And um, now that he he's setting up in the east, we we've been seeing a lot more of him, which is nice. Uh, but we think it's wonderful to have another uh, another craft brewery coming right into the area. They're about a kilometer from us. Um, just like a, a few blocks away and it's going to be great to have uh, another craft brewer especially one of his caliber uh, in the area and hopefully giving people another reason to come east so we think uh, we think it's wonderful yep i'm very very excited and i should say as well uh you, you had an and there go ahead and and. i was just gonna and say also... and we couldn't be happier for him too as a person to see i know yeah. he's been searching his first space for a while and it's uh it's great to see that things are are rolling with him in his space yeah, it's fantastic. So, uh, Bim, if you don't know, listening at home, was longtime brewer at uh, Duty Sale. Yeah, that Duty Sale, as in that's him. That that yeah, he's that kind of a brewer, and he is partnered. It sounds like with his brother and uh, the guys from True to Diablo. Is that right? Mm-hmm. That's right. And yep. So they will be opening sometime next year. Uh, brewery openings in Ontario are fraught with difficulty. Just ask Jason Fisher, but uh, they know this. They're going on with their heads up, so they will be they will be moving at the pace that the bureaucracy moves. But they will be opening, and that's very very exciting. Obviously, I'm an East Ender too, and uh, I said to Mark, we were talking. I'd I'd gotten all confused at where the location was, but anyway, that's neither here nor there. And uh, Mark and I were talking, and and I said that's that's a warm weather walk for me. And Mark was like, yeah, us too. And I was like, no, you could walk that in a snowstorm. <laughs> like, you're real close. It's super close to our home. It, it's closer to our home than our, our own brewery is. Yeah. Um, it's just a couple blocks from us. And uh, yeah, it's it's ex- extremely close. And it's all downhill from home to there. So it's great. Um, I I'd like you to mention- warn you, I live downhill to Castro's Lounge. And that's not nearly as nice as it sounds. <laughs> it's really better to live uphill and then enjoy the, the walk down when you're leaving. But anyway, I digress. Fair enough. And uh, sort of work off your beer before before getting it instead of the other way around. Uh, yeah. OK, good point. Good point. I'll, I'll give you that one. Uh, the other thing that's really great about uh, about Bim's new space is that he very fortunately happens to um, be building in the in the writing of Mary Margaret McMahon. And she is so a good for him. she not only is a, a lovely individual um, as a city councillor, she's a great city councillor, and she uh, she's a huge supporter of craft beer. Um, she comes into the, to our brewery at least once a week, if not more often, to pick up gifts and other things for friends, and just to say hello and um, <laughs> sit down and have a beer. And she's just a really 
a lovely individual, and she will certainly help him along the way with any uh, any municipal issues that may arise, at least I would imagine, just because she's such a, a great supporter of the community. Yeah, she has been a fantastic ally for Castro's Lounge as well. And we have given her no shortage of trouble. And uh, she's she's helped us out every time. So uh, can't say enough good things about her as well. Um, I don't think Mary Margaret listens to the uh, podcast, but if you do, thanks, Mary Margaret. We really She's really you. active on Twitter, Chris. When you uh, post this, you should tag her and she would have a listen and I'm sure she would be happy to share. Well, I will do just that then. Moving along in the news... The third B, it's a bit of a cop-out. It's grocery store sales. Bit of a stretch, Chris. Well, it doesn't actually start with a B, and I couldn't think of a way to make it start with a B other than to do that. Is there a grocery store that starts with a B in Ontario? Hmm. Maybe like Bob's No Frills or something? Yeah, I think you could get away with that. And same with Independent. I think all the Independents are named after the owners. Barry's, but... your independent grocer. Yeah, exactly. Something like that. But um, I can't think of one other than that. There we're must be. We're really reaching here. Grocery store sales. If you're listening to this podcast and you didn't know that Loblaws is now selling beer, I was going to say you should just stop listening. Don't stop listening. Keep listening because you can be educated. But read blogs more or something. I don't know. Anyway, the good news is Loblaws <laughs> is selling beer. And I went down, not to the one where Kathleen Wynn went, which is close to me, but I went to the one closer to me because I have two Loblaws that I would define as close to me selling beer. And I rolled in at 9.40 a.m., 9.40 in the a.m. And I bought myself six, count them, six bone shakers that were five days old, date stamped and all. And I cannot begin to tell you how wonderful that was. Even if we still have a long way to go, I want to celebrate this moment. That was huge. Yeah, and we should celebrate. I agree. It's a, it's a big leap forward for us, even though in the grand scheme of things, it's a tiny step um, from where we've been for so long in Ontario. It is actually quite a, a giant leap, even though we have a lot further to go. Yeah, I worry, and this is going to sound really pessimistic, but that like maybe we have alcohol consumer Stockholm syndrome. And so we're like, oh, he turned out the lights tonight so we could actually sleep and not constantly wake up from the blinding halogen lights overhead. That's so nice of him. He's such a nice guy. <laughs> but be that as it may, it was very exciting to buy. beer. Have you bought beer at the grocery store yet, Mandy? You know what? I haven't. I actually haven't even set foot in a grocery store since... Uh since it launched, but I, I will be, I will be purchasing beer in a grocery store the next time I'm in there. You can bet your bottom dollar. The, the Loblaws down on Leslie street is actually the grocery store I shop at most often. So, um, lucky to have it in the hood. It's great. Yeah, that's good. And are you guys feel free to decline to comment, but are you making any inroads at the grocery store level or are you maxed out at the LC? Yeah, not right now. Like to put it in perspective, I, we're only able to service 13 LCBOs right now with one brand of beer. So until we can we can have a little bit of better representation in the LCBO, we just don't really have the volume to to explore the grocery avenue just yet. But it, I'm not ruling it out as a long term possibility. We just don't have that kind of capacity right now. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Um, I've heard so far positive things from the brewers dealing with them. I'm sure because Loblaws wanted to get out of the gate first, they were probably bending over backwards to be accommodating. But uh, what I've heard has been very positive. And I will say, and, and it's easy to find what I wrote. It's right there on my blog. 
my expectation was grocery stores are going to make this really difficult um, because they make everything really difficult when it comes to uh, shelving products. But apparently they haven't with this one. So good for them. Thank you, Galen Weston. <laughs> yeah, from some of the news reports today, I think there was something in the Financial Post. Mm-hmm. Um, and it looks like they're really pleased with the first week's results. So, so much so that they'd like to allocate um, quite a lot more space to to beer, and it sounds like they were especially pleased with the performance of craft beer. So it's great. Well, I'll say two interesting things about that. The one, of course, is they're probably not going to be able to do much in terms of shelving unless they can get the law changed because they're severely limited in what they can sell, which is inherently problematic, right? There's a, a real hard cap on the volume they can move. I think it is per year, but you have to divide it down per day, and it's pretty... It's a pretty small volume, relatively speaking. And the other side of that is the Loblaws that I very happily went to on opening day had two island caps. That's what we call the uh, end of the shelves and the aisles that sort of face out. And those are high, high, high value real estate in a grocery store. They converted two of those to beer. And uh, one of them was the lower half, the floor half, which is the shittier half was big beer and the upper one was craft beer that's where my bone shakers were and then the other one was all craft or crafty i believe there was mill street and maybe creamer on that shelf but the point is it wasn't blue and laker and stuff like that when i subsequently went back and bought myself some more beer a few days later one whole shelf had become big beer now it was a lot of european stuff to be fair but it was really only one shelf of uh ontario that's uh they were only required to have 30% and they were at 50. So that's pretty good. I'd say that's pretty good. Yeah, I think it's great. And the the numbers I saw today is that they, they launched with just, a, it was just over two meters of space allocated, like linear shelf space allocated to, uh, to craft yeah, that, or to beer be right. in, in total. And that uh, they really didn't want to rip apart the stores ahead of, uh, ahead of Christmas because it's just such a crazy retail time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that in the new year, they'd be looking to expand that to about 12 meters of shelf space. So um, you could expect to see a lot more in the new year. And I'm not sure if this is accurate or not, but I had heard that they were also waiting until the new year to, to move some of the stuff into cold storage. Cause as we know, uh, craft beer should be stored cold. All beer should be stored cold, but especially craft beer, which is not typically a non-pasteurized product. I was about to say, I'm hoping, and I know nothing about this sort of stuff in grocery stores, but I would hope that if you were to look into it, you would discover that the dimensions of a refrigerated cabinet is 12 meters <laughs> and that that's what they're looking to do. Just fill one fridge unit with beer. Yeah, it'd, it'd be really nice to see, given that they're, they're so enthusiastic about the sale of craft beer, it'd be nice to see them um, demonstrating that by treating the product with care and treating it the way it should be treated. Yeah, and I mean, it would be interesting to see what kind of influence brewers could have on that because certainly like well health and regulation requires you to store stuff like cheese and stuff like that refrigerated but if a manufacturer has a a stipulation you would hope that they would be able to kind of come to the table with that but anyway it's very very exciting news if you haven't gone to your local Loblaws yet and picked up some beer seriously just do it for the fun of it because putting a couple of beers in your cart it just if you've shopped anywhere else almost in the world, it's so not that big a deal. But my gosh, if you're from Ontario, it's just like this breath of fresh air. But be prepared. They are IDing everyone. And I mean, everyone. The guy behind me who was clearly in his 60s also got ID'd. So uh, bring your ID and bring your uh, your your carryout bag for your beers because you'll need it. It's delicious stuff. Uh, OK, are you do you have any news? Anything you want to news in here? 
No, I was going to obviously talk about the, the East End Brewery and the grocery stores if you didn't have it on the list for tonight, but you hit my, my main points. Tick, tick. If, I don't know if I mentioned this while we're actually rolling, but Mandy doesn't have show notes right now. It's great. No, we did talk about that, and you talked about curveballs, and I said don't throw them from left field. That's bad news. Did you just see that really awkward seat adjustment? Oh, I can see myself doing it. That's awful. No, I stopped creeping in your window. All right, that's good. Thank you. Okay. I think... I say, I think the way we're going to do this is this way. It's obviously the way we're going to do it. It's how I'm about to do it. Let's go at it like this. This is the Christmas extravaganza. And we talked about some Christmas stuff last episode, which was cool. And I'm trying desperately to remember. But the first thing I had, I had it as the first because it could be a little bit throwaway in case you're like, dude, we totally talked about this last time. I know we talked about different family traditions and stuff like that. But do we say like specifically what our favorite family traditions were last time? I know you talked about baking cookies. Was that related? No, that came up when we were talking about beer pairings. Yes. Um, so, no, we haven't talked really tradition, not hard tradition stuff. Okay, I think this is time to get personal. So, Mandy, do you have a family tradition? Could be wider family, could just be you and Mark, whatever. Something about, you know, Christmas, Christmas morning, around Christmas, whatever. You got a family tradition that is, like, real special to you? Yeah, I have a few. I, I've, If you don't know me, you may not know that I'm a very rigid person in the way things need to be done, so... Um, I always have a very particular way of doing things, and that comes down to traditions as well. And I'm sort of not being totally myself this year, and I'm throwing a lot of it out the window because we just need to be, with different family situations and work situations, we need to be more flexible. But every year we really see the same family members on the same days. It's a very broad group of family members that we always see at the same time. Um, and this, these are traditions that date back to like my, my great-great-grandmother, so my mom's side of the family was always an open house on christmas eve at my grandmother's house wait what um, uh what descent is she what nationality i'm canadian sort of as far back as we're really aware so that's uh, just a thing so i only ask that because erica's grandmother always does that and it was like the dutch thing and every dutch person from the neighborhood came out of the woodwork and it would just be this house full of dutch people it was crazy that's really funny. Yeah, this is the sort of thing where just anyone's welcome to drop by, friends, family, yep. uh, neighbors, extended people that you don't really see very often, and it's a big open house. So since my grandmother passed a couple of years back, now my mom's sort of taken that on. Mm -hmm. um, so Christmas Eve will be with my, my mom's side of the family, and we play this really fun game. It's kind of silly and cheesy, but uh, everyone who shows up is required to bring a gift from the dollar store. Um, some of them are practical, some of them are, are jokes, and some of them are, are just like fun and silly things. And we have about a, we have a minute and it's timed. And in that amount of time, everyone gets to select a gift, unwrap it. And then it's just pure chaos for a minute. And you run around and trade gifts with people. Um, it's complete and utter chaos. You're not allowed to refuse to, uh, to trade a gift. And then you end up with really, <laughs> really silly things at the end. And every year without fail, my dad ends up with a pack of 100 combs. Uh, and he sticks them in his beard and his mustache and his hair. And then we take a photo of my dad with the combs. Uh, and it happens every year. It has for, I don't know, let's say more than 10 years of my life. So <laughs> if you don't see my dad with combs sticking out of his mustache and his beard and his hair, it's just not Christmas. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah, it's a fun one. But there are so many others. I I don't know. Christmas is a really special time for my family. It happens to also be my birthday. 
Mm. Uh, and so we have like very specific ways that we we treat my birthday versus Christmas. And my mom's always made a real point to uh, ever since I was a little kid, she's made a real point to keep them very separate from one another so that I don't I don't feel ripped off. And as soon as anyone finds out, oh, your birthday's on Christmas, the, the first thing they always say to me is, oh, that must really suck. You must get ripped off. Um, and I, for me, it's quite the contrary because my mom's always made such a point to, to keep them very separate. And, uh, also because, um, to me, it's really special that at Christmas time, you get to see all of my extended family and friends and people you don't necessarily see all year round. Uh, and I think that's really cool that at, at my birthday, I get to see all those people and my brother and sister can't say the same. So it's cool. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. What about you? You, I think you probably have a few pretty special traditions. Yeah, it's funny. And actually, well, I got to leave one <laughs> because it's going to play into the next segment. But um, I mean, so similar thing, uh, Erica's family, uh, we go to it used to be Oma's house. Oma's in a, uh, uh, a retirement community now, but the house lives on with uh, one of the aunts. So we go to that house. Actually, no, I think we're going to one of the kids condos downtown in the distillery this year. But anyway, we go and we do the, the big Dutch family thing. And, um, Erica's father was one of eight, uh, children. A uh, bunch of them have children. And some of those children have children, including us. So it's a big, big, big do. And, uh, we normally do it. We go to church for the pageant, which is funny because Gracie will be in the pageant. She'll probably be a sheep or an angel or something adorable like that. And Ben, uh, completely refuses to be involved with the pageant. He hates the notion. And, uh, but we go for the pageant and then, uh, we go to the Dutch family Christmas and then, uh, we come home and we always open up like one present, uh, before the kids go to bed. That used to be something we did growing up too. I love that, that tradition. And then it got to the point where we knew the gift would always be a new pair of pajamas. So I (laughs) actually, um, I've, I've heard that as well. And that's never been my experience. Uh, but I know people who do it where like, you know, like it's not that like, Oh, you're just owning a present and it is pajamas. It's like the tradition is you get your Christmas pajamas on Christmas Eve. Mm -hmm, Yeah. Yeah. We used to do that as kids. It was fun. I was thinking today, I was out doing some Christmas shopping and I thought to myself, it's been so long since I've got, since I've received a pair of Christmas pajamas. Um, so I bought a pair for myself today. Like treat yourself. It was great. Are they footy pajamas? No, they're not. Okay. Well, it's hard to get footy pajamas in adult sizes. As I an find. adult. Yeah. And I yeah. feel kind of silly wearing them. Oh, don't feel silly. They feel fantastic. Footy pajamas. Come on. It's the best thing ever invented. Uh, other than that, for me, traditions... Uh, well, I mean, we're, this is actually going to play a little bit into the next question too, but I'll give it to you here. We started a thing because, um, my mom goes to Saskatchewan now every other Christmas because my sister lives out there. It's only happened once. So I can't really think that you could say every other at this point, but anyway, that's the intention. One Christmas with us, one Christmas in Saskatchewan in the off Christmases, because Christmas is such like a DOS day, like there's no family obligation. We've dealt with Erica's side on Christmas Eve. My side is in Saskatchewan. So uh, we go we go Jewish on Christmas Day and do presents and the whole bit. But then the Jewish part is we order Chinese food. It's great. Oh, nice. That's great. I love that. Yeah, it's really nice. It's, and like cheap and dirty Chinese food. Like we get Garden Gate, like not top end you know we're not going up to pacific mall or something this is like canadian style chinese i want those little yellow crispy noodly bits and i want fortune cookies 
It's pretty good. Love it. That's our New Year's Day food every year. Mm, that's good. Do you have a Chinese uh, restaurant that you uh, you frequent or you prefer? Uh, for that specific instance, same thing. It's just kind of like dirty, dirty Canadian Chinese food, and we get it from uh, from Sea Spray in the beach. Oh yeah, totally. I know Sea Spray. Yeah. Yep. yep. That's uh, that's not far from my house. Oh no. No, yeah, Sea Spray's like in Kingston, right? We've uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it's We've been ordering from there since we moved to Toronto. We love that place. Yeah, yeah, it's right near me. We do Garden Gate, which is also known uh, to most beachers as the Goof, which is, uh, it's actually, it's iconic. It's in a lot of um, Toronto artwork, surprisingly. Is that right? But, uh, yeah, yeah, and same deal. It's just like, yeah, delicious, dirty Canadian Chinese food. And they do wicked all-day breakfasts. I'm told I've never had it. But Ben loves going there because he always gets a milkshake. So that's his special moment. Lovely. Uh, okay. Yeah, it's great. So here's the second side of the family tradition. So we just talked about some family traditions that we adhere to. Have you, as a couple, you and Mark, have you minted any new traditions? Um, of course, there's like the tradition around putting up our tree. And so okay. it's not something that I hold near and dear to my heart because putting up the tree involves Mark sitting on the couch drinking some rum beverage. Uh, <laughs> with eggnog? Watching, yeah, with eggnog. And watching me struggle to put the tree up on my own. He takes care of carrying everything downstairs and plopping it in the living room, um, turning on the TV and finding something festive to watch. Uh, but then it's sort of all, all me from there. Uh, and I usually get frustrated that he doesn't want to help and he doesn't seem to care about the ornaments and... It, uh, it, it, it ends up being an okay evening, but I don't know. It's not a special tradition by any means. Um, he has for the past, oh goodness, I don't know how many years, let's say more than 10 years. He's given me the, the Swarovski ornament every year, um, as either a Christmas or birthday gift. So I have this like special little tree that I put the, the special little ornaments on. Um, it's kind of a fancy pants thing to do. And we, we haven't done it the past year or so. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's kind of a special thing that we sort of come up with on our own. Uh, usually there's so much family stuff going on that, that we don't really have time just to ourselves. But this, like I said earlier, we're sort of throwing some of our traditions out the window this year to make things a bit differently. So this year, Christmas evening, um, Christmas dinner will just be him and I. So we may just order in or hang out and make something casual at our place, but we don't have a commitment for Christmas dinner, so it'll be nice just to have some downtime, just him and I, because that's not usually the case. Uh, not usually the case for Christmas evening, which will be fun. Uh, and then this year, I think we're starting some new ones. So they're not specific to Mark and I, but specific to the brewery. Okay. We've had some really fun stuff going on. So um, we're having our holiday party in the new year because I really want to shut down the shop and make sure everyone has the opportunity to be there and have a good time. Mm -hmm. um, so we're going to close down the shop on January 5th and we have all kinds of activities planned and then we'll take the party back to the brewery and hang out with each other for a while. So it'll be good. Um, we'll have a catered dinner and we'll have a little bit of a party. So it's going to be a fun time. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, but because I didn't want to send everyone off into the holidays, just feeling like sad that we didn't do anything on Friday after work, we, uh, we got together and made gingerbread houses at the brewery. <laughs> Um, well, and you'd given everyone stockings that day, Yeah, you? Santa came and yeah. everyone got a stocking and it was really fun. Um, and we'd also been, we've been doing a, a collection for the Red Door Shelter. They do oh, good. great work here in our community. So we had, uh, we were collecting non-perishables, we were collecting toiletries and baby items, and we were collecting warm clothing. Uh, so our customers have been amazingly generous and they've been bringing this stuff in over the past few weeks. Uh, and then by the time the end of the weekend came this weekend, the tree was just like, 
you couldn't get within two or three feet of it because the presents were just spilling out under mm. underneath the tree all over the floor. Um, so we took it all in this morning and uh, took it into the, the red door shelter and it completely filled uh, the completely filled the van. So it was amazing. It was really nice. That's great. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. We obviously, as parents of young children, have been trying to, yeah, you adhere to the, some of the old traditions and you also try and carve out a few of your own. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, with the kids especially, um, <clears throat> we haven't done anything too, too out of the ordinary. We have a couple of movies that we try and make sure we kind of watch with the kids every year, which I know sounds a little trite and especially, I don't know. I think most people probably just kind of laugh that off. But for us, like watching stuff on a big screen is uh, that's a big deal if we fire up the TV. So uh, it's it's a bit special for us. And then, um, yeah, just like I say, I mean, the 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 formalities around Christmas Eve and then Christmas Day and then probably the biggest thing. It's not Christmas related so much, but we always head up to Erica's cousin's cottage for New Year's, which I think I think we've even talked about in the podcast. It's just a way better way to do New Year's. And we did this actually before we all both sides now have kids, but we did it before we had kids. It was just the four of us up there. And it was obviously a bit of a different experience because <laughs> we would just drink a lot and other stuff and have fun and laugh and whatever. But uh, now with kids, we do a bit of a big meal with the kids and we do a countdown at like 9 p.m. and then put them to bed and then we do our own thing. They have a really beautiful sauna. We fire that up and we're normally in the sauna at midnight and kind of miss the countdown, but uh, go out and do a snow roll. Although this year it sounds like we're actually going to go jump in the lake because there isn't any ice because it's been so warm recently. But uh, but that's sort of it for what we've done um, kind of with the kids directly. But I had a neat one that came up. And uh, it came up in a neat, really neat way. So we have really dear friends and uh, they actually were the godparents of one of their uh, twin daughters, which is like such an honor and such a trippy thing for me to be like, well, people think that I'm that responsible. I, I think they think Erica's that responsible. But um, we go to a, a Bible study thing at church and uh, they uh, they were talking and uh, my friend Nadia was saying like they're really, really intentional about their Christmas Eve and Christmas Day and that they try not to let things cloud it too much because, you know, it needs to be a time for family. And uh, it occurred to me, we've gone around to their house Christmas Eve once the kids are all in bed and just drank wine and sat by the fireplace now two years and we're doing it again. And I was like, oh, look at us. We've got this little little family tradition going, the four of us. Isn't that so nice? And so it was a really it's kind of sappy, but that was a really special moment for me when uh, when we were talking about that. So that's a that's a big tradition now. It used to be uh, Christmas Eve, I would put on National Lampoons and make Erica watch it, and she would fall asleep. But now it's uh, going to Dave and Nadia's and having some wine and some beer by the fireplace, which is pretty cool. That's like nice. That. That's that's special. I think that's exactly what Christmas is all about is is togetherness, and at least for for me, and. We had very, very specific traditions growing up about which family members we saw on which days. And to this day, my family carries those on. But as a family grows, that becomes more challenging because yeah. um, we need to dedicate time with Mark's family and we want some time with ourselves. And this year, my sister's having a baby. And so we'll want to make sure that she has the time that she needs with her new family. Uh, and so I think that becomes more and more challenging. And I'm sort so, so of struggling with that this year. Um, cause on boxing day, we always get together with my dad's side of the family, aunts, uncles, cousins, and I don't see them that often throughout the year. 
Uh, and this year, Boxing Day will be with Mark's side of the family, and I love them very much as well. And it's just a bit of a, you feel like you're being torn and stretched in two directions. Um, yeah. So you sort of need to give up one. Um, and so alternate years will will participate in some and not in others, but it just doesn't feel right when you don't get to see everybody. So I'm going to try to make a point this year of getting together with individual aunts and uncles um, that I won't get to see because of that. So. Right on. Yeah. I don't know if you pause there because you are still creeping by me and you notice I just walked out of the frame, but I was just grabbing another nope. beer because I got to punctuate now. Uh, so still on the theme of Christmas, we're going to get a little bit, a little bit less, well, maybe not less personal. You could still personalize this a lot, but that was, I feel like that was a really good sharing moment, but a little not more, a lot about, uh, not a lot about beer, but more about Christmas. So yeah, nothing about beer yeah. there really. Um, oh. but uh, I think I mentioned it and by the fireplace, but, but that's about it. I think but you no, said wine uh, actually. I think I said wine and beer, but we could go back over the recording later and check that. But anyway, uh, a <laughs> little bit more trite, as it were. Is trite the right word there? Trivial? I don't know. Mandy. Yes, Chris? I'm hoping you've already seen one or two of these, but what are the three movies you cannot face the end of December the 25th without having seen? Easy. Go for it. Elf, number one. So many people say that. Keep going just love it i quote that movie year round i have problems like real real problems um bad santa and that's mark's favorite Ooh, not mine really that's he um lo- uh billy billy bob thornton yes that's right mark <sighs> loves that movie and i've grown to love it because he loves it so much well that's nice isn't it um and then oh this is hard because i want to just group all the tv christmas specials together well, okay, hang so, on a sec then. No, no, stop. Because I'd actually originally put best three movies, best best three specials, but the specials are movies. And so, but I'd mentally separated those because there are those ones that are always on TV. And I think of those as the specials. So if you want to do just best three movies and then do best three specials, go for it. Because that was how my notes were. I kind of mix them up though. Like I also have really, since it, since it came out a few years back, or maybe maybe it was more than just a few years ago, but I've really grown to love Shrek the Halls. I think it's hilarious. <laughs> I cannot I seen that. not watch it. I was babysitting my niece and nephew a week and a half ago or two weeks ago, yeah. uh, and they sent me downstairs. They're like, go pick whatever movie you want and we'll watch it. And so I picked that out because we were feeling festive and we were doing other festive things, and I brought it up, and they kind of broke my heart a little bit. It's kind of kind of sad. I brought it out and I said, what do you think of this one, guys? Uh, and my niece just had the worst look on her face. And she said, Aunt Mandy, we can't watch that one. Uh, it's daddy's favorite. I can't watch it without him. Oh, but that's sweet. <laughs> that's so much. I thought you were going to be like, they were like, Aunt Mandy, that's lame. That's no, a kid's they movie. they love it. It's so special to them that they can't uh, watch it with me. They have to watch it with daddy. So it's so, such a sweet thing. But I was so upset because I love it so like, much. I wanted my... to watch that movie. <laughs> I love it so much kids. myself. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Okay, so what did we have there? We had Elf, Bad Santa, and Shrek the Halls. Those are mm-hmm. your three movies. And then, okay, give what me are your, your best mi- three specials. I oh, gotta open want- a beer though. Hang on a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. There we go. That, by the way, was a grocery store Canuck Pale Ale. So, okay, give me your three specials. Oh, I'm gonna have to keep it to three. Uh, I love Charlie Brown Christmas. Of course, of course. I love Frosty the Snowman. Yep. Uh, especially the part where he says happy birthday when the hat goes on his head. Cause as a kid, I was always like, yeah, it's my birthday. It's me. I thought he was talking to me. Uh, <laughs> he was talking to Jesus, Mandy. Anyway. Well, yeah, we, we share, we share a birthday. 
I'm just as important. No. I've heard he's good at sharing, right? That's what yeah. I've heard. Right. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> One more special. And I really love Rudolph as well. Those would be my top three. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer with yeah. the glowing, squeaky nose. That yeah. One. yeah. Yeah. And uh, and the bumble. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And the uh, the Island of Misfit Toys. Did you feel a bit like a misfit toy? Do you want to get personal again? No, I don't. No, no, no. I just love that. I love that movie and the songs and everything in it. What about you, Chris? Your top three movies. What are they? Okay, here we go. Are you ready? I am. Even though we don't watch it Christmas Eve anymore because we have a beautiful new family tradition, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, just... Classic. Yeah, and probably right at the top of the list. It's hard to really say definitively, but I'm, I'm pretty sure. Uh, second, 100%. And the only reason why I would wonder about the first is because Love Actually is just... Uh, so good. It's so it's, good. You're making me rethink my list, but go on. I know. I'm sorry. But, yay, everyone's list. You know, it doesn't matter. We each got our lists. Um, and I was actually... It's funny. I wrote this list, and I was thinking about it, and I was like, I don't know what my third would necessarily... B, because I blend, I bleed into the specials a little bit too. And so I'm trying to leave. I've got a couple in mind that I would say, but they would be more like, like a special. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. You know what? As a kid, I'll give it to this one. As, as, a, as a kid, I loved the Santa Claus. With oh Allen. no, that's awful. That's the it, worst. I, I bet it was terrible. But as a child, I just, I have such passionate memories of, Loving that film as a child. I probably haven't seen it in 20 years. <laughs> what am I talking about? I definitely didn't watch that when I was 15. I have not seen that in a lot more than 20 years. Uh, anyway, so those are my three movies. My, th- my three specials is a bit easier. Uh, like you, uh, Rudolph, 100% of the way. Love that. Love that special. Charlie Brown, exactly the same. Like, just doesn't feel right without it. But then I'm going to throw a little curveball. And and this is you could object if you want, because I've only seen this a handful of times and um, and like not any time recently. But I remember vividly as a child, I felt like I was enduring it. And then I kind of came to love it watching this uh, video adaptation or video interpretation of a child's Christmas in Wales. No, I've never and it seen was, it. Yeah, it was like I I mean, it's too. Is it Dylan Thomas who wrote A Child's Christmas in Wales? Couldn't be. Thomas is Irish. It was somebody anyway. It's it's a famous um, piece that was like written like 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 piece of prose. But there was a video adaptation. It was always on the CBC as a kid, uh, at least a couple of times. (laughs) And uh, but I feel like I love it even more with like some distance. So one of my goals is I want to try and find it on a torrent site. Not that I condone the use of torrent sites, but they can be handy and uh, see if I can find it because I would love to see that again. It was fantastic. And actually uh, the Toronto Welsh male voice choir, I think I got that right, did a concert. They do concerts sort of every other year at my church. And last year they did one. And uh, in the middle, a Welsh guy read, uh, an excerpt from a child's Christmas in Wales. And I, I like, I, I, I wouldn't say I knew it word for word, but it was very, very familiar to me, which was very nice. I liked that a lot. So, uh, still no beer. Did you notice that one? No beer? Still no beer. Oh, in that. Yeah. We're not talking about beer yet. I know it's weird. It's but the Mandy. Toronto Christmas podcast. Yeah. It's the Toronto Christmas podcast.com. We're going to get a new domain. 
I should check and make sure that's not taken. Anyway, uh, but here we go. Let's get into it. Can I choose a movie number three and a half, please? Yeah, because you love taking lists of three and making them four. I think we have like four historical events of that now. But anyway, yes, go ahead. uh, Are you adding love actually? (laughs) No, it's good. It would it would be number five. But this is I'm going to call three. This is three and a half. Are you going to say Die Hard? No, Home Alone. Yeah. Did you see the Home Alone then and now thing or whatever? No. It was like floating around yesterday. Macaulay Culkin recorded. I haven't even watched it yet. I haven't had time. But it's like uh, getting caught up with Kevin McCormick. Is that his name? No, Kevin. Kevin McCormick I used to play hockey with whatever his name was. But it's like he's an adult now. And like the psychological trauma he suffered from having been left home alone. Oh, nice. Yeah, I uh, yeah, I liked Home Alone as a kid, too, but not as much as the Santa Claus. Teach their own. Tim Allen. Is that guy still alive? I think so. He must be. Mandy. Yes, Chris. Throw me a little list. Doesn't have to be three, because I know you'd rather it be four anyway, of beers that you're going to drink on Christmas Day. On Christmas Day? You think I'm drinking that many beers? Let's see. Um... I know we've talked and, and you guys get into the spirits around the holiday. Spirit of the holiday is spirits at the uh, the Murphy household, which makes sense because your name's Murphy. So hand in hand. But uh, come on, you're going to have a couple of beers on Christmas Day. What like and, and so this could be either beauties you're holding on to that you'll crack because it's a special occasion or because it's the kind of beer you can drink first thing in the morning or whatever, like some beers. Come on, throw me some Christmas day beers that you're, that you will likely drink this year. On Christmas day, I'm going to be drinking a bunch of other stuff. Like I pretty typically do an Irish cream with coffee and I'll probably have some rum and eggnog. And I, depending on what the dinner is that we have, I, I could probably use some wine on Christmas day. It's something I enjoy. Um, but if I crack into any special bottle, it'll probably be a Rodenbach 2012. Ooh. Because uh, I've been that holding is, on. That is a special bottle. Yeah, I've been holding on to those for a little bit. And <laughs> since 2012. Since 2012. But, like, we we don't have that many of them left. I think we bought a case when they launched. And um, we've been gifting them for different occasions and stuff. So I think we may only have one left. But if I can think of a, a great time to crack it, it'll be on Christmas Day. Nice. Yeah. What about you? Well, uh, we we do have mum uh, kicking around this uh, this Christmas. That doesn't sound nearly uh, <laughs> reverential enough, but my mother will be joining us. So we'll be doing a bit of a, a do on uh, Christmas Day. Um, and so for that sort of a meal, I tend to uh, look for something. I'm not looking for something too new worldy is, I guess, what I'm getting at. And I think I'm going to. Go, try and grab a couple of bottles of the uh, the Dog Bolter from Amsterdam. It's their uh, their brown ale. I think they call it an American brown ale, but it's it's got a really solid malt backbone to it. I like it, and uh, I think that'd stand up really good against a Christmas dinner. So probably have that. Uh, to be honest, in the morning we're going to be drinking prosecco and orange juice. There's not going to be any beer involved there. I always tell people I'm like, well, you could do orange juice and wheat beer, which you can, and it's delicious. Mm-hmm. But it's Christmas Day. I'm going to get Prosecco because it's fun. It's just fun to say, really. But you fancy. It, it, it does feel awfully fancy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think I will probably have I have a couple of bottles in the fridge, you know, that have been there for a long time. And 
one of them is like uh, 2012 or 13 uh, Santa Bois Russian Imperial Stout. And I think it might be go time on that one for Christmas Day. That'd be like a Christmas night kind of thing. Actually, maybe. Maybe once the kids are in bed Christmas Day, someone will watch National Lampoons. That could be a good new adaptation on the uh, on the, the tradition. New tradition. And then I always just keep some <laughs> hoppy stuff in my fridge, and it's probably going to be Bone Shaker, and that's probably what I'll be sucking back. Oh, and... I was just going to make a Bone Shaker joke, but you beat me to it. Oh, that wasn't much of a joke. What was your Bone Shaker joke? <laughs> I was going to say, let me guess, Bone Shaker. Bo- oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right now, I'm literally looking at my desk next to my microphone, and there are three empty cans of Bone Shaker and three empty cans of Connect Pale Ale. Not because I drink a lot. Those have been collecting for a few days, but that's sort of what I drink. But no, you know what I'm definitely going to drink, and I want to actually leverage this moment as way of thanks, but every Christmas now, and this is actually a new tradition. I should have mentioned this. Um, The church has been doing it for a while, but we've just gotten involved. But every Christmas Day, uh, my church does a a Christmas Day meal and we go down and help with it when we can, when timing allows. And so I go down predominantly as the smart serve guy because we get beer and wine and we license it like we have an SOP and everything. It's all above board. And so I go down to serve beer and wine. But the idea is uh, it's a, a really wide mix of people from the community that range from uh, people who uh, literally have no other place to go. They, they might be uh, they might be homeless or they might have a place, but like sort of a room, uh, but they're very marginalized. There are also people who just don't have any family nearby and they have nowhere to go to celebrate with a group of people. We have people who are elderly and maybe their family comes Christmas Eve or Christmas or Boxing Day and Christmas Day itself is sort of devoid of family interaction. And so they come and then we have a bunch of people who just come to be part of it, which is kind of an interesting thing. So you get a lot of families with young kids will turn up and stuff. And actually, Mary Margaret McMahon turns up to it from time to time, which is quite nice. So we go down to that. And uh, this year, King uh, or Thornbury, pardon me, because they've rebranded, haven't they, uh, has graciously uh, agreed to come on board and provide the beer for the uh, the meal. So I will 100 percent be drinking some uh, Thornbury pickup truck Pilsner, formerly known as King Pilsner, which is still one of my favorite pilsners in the province and uh i will be having a couple of those once i'm done serving at the uh at the christmas day meal the midday meal at saint aiden's so yeah and i don't know if you're listening to this and you need a place that you want to have a bit of a meal on christmas day saint aiden's is there if you know somebody who does uh we serve i think around 1 p.m so turkey and all the fixings and King beer, and I don't know who's supplying the wine this year, but we normally do pretty well. So it's going to be a good time. That's wonderful. That's a great story. I love it. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I I, I enjoy that. So, okay. We've had a lot of fun feeling, you know, touchy feely about Christmas and everything. Let's talk about, oh, I was going to say the year gone by, but should we save that for the New Year's episode? Yep. Okay. That just eliminated the last couple of notes on my list. That's a really good tease, though, why people should tune in next week, because we're going to do two episodes in two weeks. Can you believe it? Yikes. Yikes. I can't believe it myself. (laughs) Oh, it'll be fine. You guys aren't even brewing next week, are you? Uh, We're just packaging. Yeah. Not packaging on Monday, are you? Monday night at nine when we record, Mandy? The the full-time team's off on Monday for their boxing day. 
Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, because you have to do that whole thing. It 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 moves. It's a movable civic holiday. Hmm. Interesting. No, we're packaging on Wednesday. Ah, very cool. Well, and actually, you know what? We're at a really good time right now. We should just we should just wrap up. Uh, Mandy. Yes, Chris. Have a very merry Christmas. Thanks, Chris. Merry Christmas to you and your lovely family. Yes, you give Wrigley a pat on the head and Mark a pat on the head for me. Will do. And by the time Don't I pat speak, Mark on the head, that'd be so weird. Oh, I do it all the time. <laughs> What's that? Uh, I yeah. pat him on the head all the time. It's no big deal. Um, by the time we we speak next, I may or may not have a new nephew. Um, so we're we're eagerly anticipating the arrival of my sister's baby any day now. It is Baby Watch 2015. That's uh, that's super exciting. I uh, I can't, like I know you're a Christmas baby. I just think, oh man, like babies around the holidays. What an amazing thing! It's just like happy time already. Yeah, it, it's going to be magical, and my fingers are crossed for a birthday twin. I've said that before, but I really mean it. I'm so excited. You and little baby and big baby Jesus. Yeah, it's going to be great. <laughs> I keep telling her she just has to hold on another couple days. <laughs> yeah, don't walk around too much. I hear that can help. <laughs> okay, well, thanks for listening, everybody. We will talk to you literally in one week after Christmas. It will be the New Year's Eve wrap-up show. We'll talk about our favorite moments of the year, the best beers we drank, the worst hangovers we had, the... I don't know, help me out here, Mandy. Something. The, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I wasn't really listening. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be talking about, we'll be wrapping up all the best things. It's not a clip show. I will not just be editing it together out of all the outtakes we have. It will be all new content, but all based on old stuff. So two more lists, in. more lists. I think we should do more lists. That's what people like want. Lists. Yeah, that was good. We'll, we'll ramp that up. So We'll talk to you in about a week, guys. Thanks for listening. Have a very Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Mandy, anything to say? Merry Christmas, everybody. <laughs>